I'd like to read one more, one more passage of Scripture before we actually start. Thank you, Giovanni. That was fantastic reading. Really good. I'd like to read from Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bible there, that would be great. If you could open it to Luke chapter 2. And reading from verse 10, very, very well-known passage. It says there, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, we're not going to talk about Christmas, brothers and sisters. But I want to just highlight to you that this is the, the beginning, the first mention of, of the good news. And it was heralded, like we always sing at Christmas time, by an angel from heaven. You know? Not often does the heavens part and we get a message directly from heaven. That, that's very rare. But here, here it is. And, you know, you think of all the things that uh, could be recorded for us. The thing that's been recorded here is that the angel says, I bring you good news. Good news. All right. What is good news? What is it? What's good news? You know, our lives are dominated by news, is it not? News. Must know the news. At 5.55 every morning by Sundays, my alarm goes off at 5.55am. And the reason for that is, one, to get me out of bed, but I want to hear the news at 6. I need to know what's happening. And at 6.08, when the news on 3AW finishes... The cover reluctantly goes back and I'm up and I'm off, starting the day. And the news is interesting, isn't it? News, news broadcast. If you were to look at the TV guide, for example, Channel 10, they, 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 many years ago they decided to be the first with news and they have a program uh, called First with News at Five. So if you wanted to get the news first... You, you would tune into channel, channel 10. And you know, Channel 7 didn't like that. So they've got a program, The News at Four. <laughs> Slightly shorter bulletin, but you know, they, they try to. But see, all those major stations, 9, 10, and 7, they've all, and, and the ABC, they've all got their, their regular bulletins, usually at 6 o'clock. You have the ABC News, and they have, they have the late news at 10 at night. So you've heard, you've heard it at 7. In case you, you want to hear it again, you can listen to it at 10. But then Channel 7, they're very proactive, Channel 7, they've got the latest news, the latest news at 10.30. All right? SBS, they've got the world news, you know, all about the world. And then SBS at 11.40, they've got the SBS world news late that's how it's written, I don't know, bad translation, I think. And then just after that, after 11.40pm, what happens? You have all the morning news programs starting on all the channels. Everyone's got one. Call it all different names. 
And then all through the night, I know this because I, I, you know, when I watch the telly, you see, you see the late news bulletin, or you have the weather bulletin, or you have the sports bulletin, right through any all the programming. And if that's not enough, there's more. There's more, right? We have the current affair programs, right? Because that's they're about news too, aren't they? Every station's got one. I mean, Channel Nine, they they got in first years and years ago. We thinking about Mike Rillacy this week, weren't we? Well, they had they've got the the, the current affairs program. Channel Seven, they've got uh, Sunday program, and there's 60 minutes. And then SBS, they've got World Watch, where you can listen to the news in any language you like, all sorts of different languages. News is really important, really is. And news comes in a whole variety of flavours or types. And they're, and they're, and they're, well, they're, they're, let me put them up for you. There's good news, which we were thinking about this morning and we read about. And then there's bad news, all right? We know it likes bad news, but uh, it's there. And then we've got tragic news. Now, even those three things, depending on the context and what it, the news is about, looks different. For example, we're all footy mad, yes? Here in Australia, Victoria in particular, we're all footy mad. So I thought I'd try and give you an example of putting it into context. As an Essendon supporter, the good news this week is... Is that that Joe Danaher is fit and ready to play? Missed him last year. The bad news for an Essendon supporter, Buddy Franklin is still playing because when he was playing for Hawthorne, he he still he just thought Essendon was a junior team. He would kick so many goals against us, and it didn't change, did it, uh, Barbara? When he went to the Swans, he still does it at the Swans. The tragic news hasn't happened, but if it does happen is Joe Danaher does an ACL at training before the season even starts. So you can see, I mean, it's, it's light-hearted, I know, but news is relative, isn't it, to the situation, to your circumstances, to the person, whether it's good, bad or tragic. And we tend to love, as, as humans, mankind, we tend to love... Bad news stories, don't we? We do, we do. Let's admit it. I know it's good to get the good news, but we love bad news about other people. Not so, not so happy about hearing bad news that relates to me. But we're, we're, we're interested, are we not? We're curious. We're sticky-nosy people. And, and just to give you an example, this is Thursday's paper. You know, Thursday's paper. It's the most recent paper I could find, I had because I didn't get it on Friday. But in Thursday's paper, and I, I always bemoan the fact that the Herald Sun's getting thinner and thinner. I know, I know, it's on, it's on, online. I know that. But in this paper on Thursday, there were 28 bad news stories. 28 of them, right? And then there were eight what you would call definite good news stories. There were two sort of good news stories. I mean, one of them was about the drug, the big drug bust. I don't know whether that's good or bad. Is it good that we got the drugs? Is it bad that 
so many drugs are coming in. So I put that in sort of good news. And then there are the ten, there were ten other stories that were neutral, which means they were just, just information in the paper. They weren't really, uh, good or bad news stories, but yeah, they, were, they were interesting stories in the paper, information. And you know, when you, when you are waiting for the six o'clock bulletins on, on TV, they always lead off with the bad news story, yeah? And most of the program is about bad news stories, whatever they might be. That's, what, that's the sort of people that we're like. Bad news. In the Bible, the Bible is full of news, good and bad, and plenty of information. It's not a paper, but there's plenty of things to learn from the Bible. So the Bible mentions about bad news. But the bad news in the Bible are the things called sin, and I'm referring to the New Testament only, just for the sake of relevance this morning. In the New Testament, the word sin or sins comes up uh, 225 times. Hell, that's bad news, yeah? Bad news. Comes up 13 times. Hades, another reference, and lake of, uh, eight times, and the lake of fire is twice. And judgment, judgment comes up 63 times. That's the bad news. That's, this is in the NIV in case you're going to go home and check up, see if I was right. But the flip side is that there's also good news in the Bible and heaven is mentioned, interestingly enough, 225 times it's referred to. And then we've got the, the, the term forgiveness or forgive or forgiven, you know, it sort of means similar things, uh, over a 100 times. And, and the reference to save and saviour is 119 times. So you can see there that the good news just pips the bad news. But that's, that's irrelevant really because the, the, as I tried to show you, the relevance of the good and bad news is, 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 is very important. Also in the, in the, in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament, the word gospel is mentioned 93 times and the actual term good news is mentioned 30 times. So this morning's topic is what is the good news? And what is the gospel? I think if you remember from last week, I showed you last week how that word gospel actually just means good news or good message. And we read in Acts chapter 10 together and it was very, very clear that it is the gospel. This is the message of good news. We read together, didn't we? I can't read it from up there. You know the message. And here the Apostle Peter was saying to the people there, you've heard about it. You've you've heard it from around the place. You've heard it. You know the message. And brothers and sisters and friends today, you've heard the message. Back in December, you read, you sang about it. You heard about it. You might have got a Christmas card with a, a picture of it. That announcement from the angel. You've heard it. We've all heard it. And it says there, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling them, telling them. That's what a message does, yes? A message is a communication. It's telling you something, telling a person something, telling a congregation something, telling a a nation something. 
telling them the good news of peace. Now, we live, we live in, a, in a world today, and it's never been any different, where there's always been conflict, unrest. People have always felt threatened. I read just recently, had nothing to do with biblical things, but I read just recently that, that and, and this is this astounded me, that's why I remembered it, the, the, the person said that in the 21st century where you and I live, in the 21st century, we are the safest people and have the most security ever. What? Do you feel safe? I mean, on, on the news last night, they're putting 63 more lampposts down, down at Princess, oh, not, it's not Princess, what's it called now? Icon Park? But old Princess Park there. So people can run in the evening and feel safe. But what they were saying was that all through history, man has always felt unsafe and felt threatened and insecure. That's why we live in villages and in cities and etc. etc. And because of our law enforcement and all the rest of it, they say that now we are the safest we've ever been. How bad was it back then? Yeah? And so the Apostle Paul here is, uh, Peter, sorry, is saying this is the message of peace. But Peter wasn't referring to the peace with one another, was he? It was the peace with God. And this message of good news that he was telling them of peace was to, was to happen and come, it says there, through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. And that's what the gospel is. That's what the good news is. I, spe- I said to you last week that, that there's a Greek word that, that means that, that they, when, they, when they write it in the original language, that word good news is, is a Greek word, evagalia. That's not said correctly, but that's what it is. And that word, brothers and sisters and friends, it's exclusively used in the New Testament. So this is the message that God wanted people to hear then and right now. It's for today. And it's concerning Jesus Christ, as has already been mentioned a few times this morning, and it's about the way of salvation, how to get right with God. Why the good news? Why the good news? I think that's the key to understanding the gospel and to understand the good news. The key is bad news. What is the bad news? What's the bad news? We look at that first. Because the good news, what it does, is offsets the bad news. You know, you know, you often had people come and say, I've got, I've got good news and bad news for you. Eh? What do you want to hear first? I don't know what you choose. Give me the bad news, you know, because I, I, I want to hear, I want to get the good news last so I can be cheered up. But that, that's common, isn't it? Good news or bad news? Let's start with the bad news. It offsets the bad, the, the bad news because God has set a standard or a requirement on how man is to live. Now you may think that's not fair. You may think, why should God tell me how I should live? 
Well, he created us. He's the creator of mankind. He had a plan, an idea of how man ought to live and have a relationship with him. God had a plan. It's in his book, the start of the Bible. And that plan, as as you probably are aware of, uh, meant that man was to have a relationship with God in a particular environment called Eden, the Garden of Eden. We don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore, do we? We don't. In fact, man rebelled, he disobeyed God, and God calls that sin. Not a popular word. And as a result of that disobedience and that rebellion, God banished man and mankind from that environment. People ask me, if there's a God, Raph, why is all this happening? Why do babies die and why, why, why do people get mugged and why do people get sick? Let me tell you that God didn't plan that. It wasn't meant to be like that. He had a perfect environment for a man, for man to live with, to live in, sorry. And when man disobeyed and rebelled, that relationship with God was broken and it needed to be fixed. And what happened was that man chose not to follow God but to go his own way, do his own thing. Still very popular today, isn't it? Doing my own thing. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm not even talking about religious issues or spiritual issues. You know, people tell us how how we should look after our bodies, our health. I shared with you last week, the doctor's trying to tell me to do the same thing. I'm not complying. And the governments are trying to tell us how we need these sorts of uh, rules and regulations and some of us just go along with it, but most of us, you know, we're not happy with that either. It seems to be our nature, doesn't it, to choose our own way. But that second one there that's on the, sh- on, the, on the screen, the consequences of choice. You see, Adam and Eve, they had a choice. They had, they had a choice. That the story's there. And they chose. I don't know why God decided to give mankind a free free will, the ability to choose one way or another. I don't know why he did that. It has caused us no end of trouble. But in his wisdom, in his grace, he didn't want robots. He wanted us to be free to have fellowship and friendship with him, to live with him in relationship with him. And brothers and sisters, friends, despite goodness and badness relative to each other, you know, I did confess last week, didn't I, that there are lots of people out there that live much better than me. Better people, nicer people, more generous people, smarter people. But we're all in the same boat, all of us. We're all sinners before God and we read about that today. In Romans 3.23, there's a little verse there. It's a fascinating little verse. It says there, For there is no difference, and that means between anybody, no difference between anybody. All have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. When I try and explain that to people, they get, they get upset. I'm not a sinner. It doesn't include me. But it does. Absolutely. And the consequences of, of that particular choice and the choice that, that happens to people that continue to be out of relationship with God is, is punishment. A price needs to be paid. You know, when you break the law of the land, you know, things happen. Usually you get a fine in the mail because most of us would get at least one speeding fine in, their, in our driving history. You uh, neglect to pay the electricity bill, late payment fee. I know all this from experience. Even though you meant to pay it, because you know you get a discount if you pay on time. I forgot. Have you ever tried to ring the the electricity company and say, you know what? I'm really sorry. I forgot to pay the bill. Can you waive that late payment fee? Have you ever tried that? Don't bother. It doesn't work. They gave you the opportunity. They told you, you get a discount if you pay on time. And if you pay late, not only do you have to pay full price, but there's a fee on top of that. We still do it. You see, even in that little example, there's a consequence, isn't there? There's a consequence of your action. You pay on time, you get a discount. You pay late. Oh, sorry, you know, if you pay... On time, that's right, it is on time. On time, you get a discount. You pay late, it costs you more. Very simple example, but you could look at... It's just illustrating many other areas right through uh, our lives, isn't it? And our experience. But the consequences of rebelling against God isn't just a fine, brothers and sisters. It's not just a fine, it's death. That's why there's death. Physical death... And spiritual death. And that means separation from the world and from God, not for a a day or two, but forever. The Bible calls that term eternity, for all of eternity. Separation from God and from the world and from others for all of eternity. There is, there is a hell and a heaven. Whether we like to believe it or not, there is. Just just last year, I think it was last year, it could be the year before, in the news, they they decided that Pluto is not a planet, you know, the solar system. Now, when I was at school, we had an atlas, and on the front of the atlas there were this, it was the solar system, and they drummed it into it. I had to learn all the planets, their order, And Pluto was a planet then. It was a planet then. Absolutely. And somebody decided, they looked at it again, you know what, it's not a planet anymore. I still believe it's a planet. I'm not listening to them. But it doesn't matter, does it, what I believe. It either is a planet or it isn't. It's the same with hell and heaven. Makes no difference if you believe in it or not. It exists. And it's going to have an effect on your life. And so death reigns in creation, over all creation. Humans, animal life, plant life, and even the actual world itself, the earth, 
will be destroyed and a new earth and a new heaven will be brought into being by God. But God didn't really intend it to start off that way. That's not how, that was not God's intention. So what's the good news? The good news is a solution to putting right all that's wrong out here now. But there's a little problem with that, that little solution. It's the same problem that they had in the Garden of Eden and man struggled with ever since. The solution is if you choose it. If you choose it. The gospel is good news and is clearly explained in the reading that we had this morning. And it involves these number of things. And Evan, thank you very much, already mentioned some of them. It involves the death on the cross of a man called Jesus Christ. It must include that, that God says. It involves a payment for the punishment, a payment for the penalty, a payment for the sin. You can refer it in a whole heap of different ways, but that's what it is, a payment. It involves a payment. The good news involves substitution. What does that mean? It means that somebody paid for you. Somebody copped the blame, to put it in the colloquial language, for you. Paid the price. What would that be like? What does that look like? Imagine, imagine you had committed a crime and you were sentenced to 30 years in jail. You'd be sitting in a cell for 30 years. But just as you were about to leave the, the courtroom, somebody jumps up from, from the, uh, the, the people in the court and they say, wait, wait, wait. I'll take his place. I'll go. And that's very unlikely to happen, let me tell you. But it's, it's, it's an illustration, isn't it? Because that's what it means. I'll go. That's the best news that that accused person's ever heard. And as he, as he goes about his business, he's freed. He, let, he goes back to the family, goes back to work, goes to the football there's somebody else sitting in the cell in his place. It's just not forgotten about. It's not just wiped over. It's not just you know, whited out. I love white out because I make, I, there's a lot of white out on this, on this paper because we do make it. It's not that. Someone is actually still sitting in the cell year after year after year until the payment for the, for, the, for the penalty is met. That's what substitution is. And Jesus Christ hung on the cross to pay for my sin and yours, Betty. Betty's a nice lady, but the Lord still had to die for your sins, Betty, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. For me. And the good news involves meeting the righteous requirements by God. You know, just like the law of the land can't be overlooked, can't just not worry about what George Powell did so many. You know, we know that's not right. Justice demands, doesn't it? 
that, that the thing is put right. God's exactly the same. His righteousness demands a payment for the sin. And it also involves, and I'm, I'm running behind schedule here, it also involves the resurrection. That's coming up in a few, few weeks. Easter. And you have heard the story before. We've heard the message already. All of us have. But if Jesus Christ never rose from the the grave, there'd be no salvation for anybody. That's the proof that God accepts the payment. That's the proof that Jesus Christ was the one, as as Evan mentioned, the only one that could pay for it, pay for, for our sin, my sin and yours. Payment in full, accepted by God for the sin of mankind and for your sin and for mine personally. That is good news, yes. That is great news. That's the news that the angel was declaring in Luke. There's no better news than that. There really isn't. As a church, why do we need to preach the gospel? Why should we share the gospel I'm just going to read you another little short passage out of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15. And there it says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel, the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, this good news, you have been saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. So if you don't accept the good news, if you try and do anything else, it's not worth anything. It's in vain. And this is the part I'd like you to pay attention to. And Paul here says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, all of whom are alive and still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he, oh, that's it. That's all I want to read, just for the sake of time, the first six verses. It's an interesting passage. Why is it interesting? Here's, here's a few things I need you to, to have, a, have a listen to. That word, he says, I have received this message. It's a message that's been received to be passed on. What sort of message is it? It's a divine message, isn't it? It came straight from heaven, from the angel. This is not my message. It's not Raph's message to you this morning. I'm just passing it on for God. It's his message. It's a divine message. How are people, we, we talked about this last week, how are people going to hear the message? What? Unless somebody tells them. That's what we heard last week. We, we had our brother, our, our sister, sorry, our sister Alison show us that. And then it says, and then it says, um, of first importance, you know, of all the things that you could, you could, you could tell people, the Apostle says here, this is the first, the first and most important thing. It's of first importance before we tell them anything else. 
And we see that in the history of the early church, the apostles. They always went different places. What did they talk about? Social justice, feeding the poor, looking after the homeless and the widows? No, that wasn't the first thing that they talked about. That wasn't the first message that they gave. What was it? The gospel. Telling them about Jesus Christ as their saviour. They also talked about the other things later on. Well, I mean, we, we're encouraged to do those things. Please don't get me wrong. But the scripture says, and Paul emphasises it here, and God's recorded it for you this morning and for me, that this message is of first importance. Accompanied by proof. I love, I love that, that, the way that Paul says that. He says, you know, it's not just a story. It's not my opinion. It's not even the latest uh, theory of people. He says it's accompanied by proof. Despite what has transpired at the time, there were witnesses. There were witnesses of what had happened, of a man being nailed to a cross unjustly, of a man who was put into a tomb with a big stone rolled across it. There's the story. Of the fact that when they went back there three days later, no, no stone in front of the tomb, no body. Well, there was a stone, it was rolled away, sorry. No body raised again. Stolen, they said. No, 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 because people had seen him. And, you know, at that time, if it, if it had all been a lie, brothers and sisters, friends, if it had been a, a story, there were enough witnesses to, 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 to say, no, no, there's the body. I saw him take it, whatever. No. Everyone that was alive round about that time, they all knew about this man called Jesus, even Cornelius that we read of earlier on. They'd all heard what he'd done, what he said, the miracles. They'd all heard. No one disputed that. They all heard or saw, or many saw, him nailed to a cross, die, and be buried. And it says many people saw him after he was risen. And then it says in the passage that we looked at, according to the scriptures. You see, this, this way of, of getting right with God, it's not from an organisation, a church overseas, a particular person, a pope or, a, or a, an archbishop. It's nothing like that. It's according to the scriptures. This is God's plan, God's way of putting it right. We have a choice. The theme of the Bible is salvation all the way through. But what we learn of in the New Testament, that it's only through Christ and Christ alone. It's the only way we can put things right. It's the only way you can have your own place in heaven. It's been said from this pulpit many times that the Lord Jesus Christ, what's he doing now? He's preparing a place for all those people who trust him and confess their sins to him and accept him as Lord. He's preparing a place for you. I'm going to ask the question here this morning. 
Is he, are you sure that he's preparing a place for you? Are you sure? It's important. There's only one way you can have your own place in heaven. And you know what else happens? In a, in a day, in a day coming soon, I believe it's very soon, Jesus is going to come back and take his followers to heaven. Will you be going? Will he be coming for you? That's a good question, isn't it? Have to think about that. That's the little slide for that. You know, everyone wants to go to heaven. When you say, oh, yeah, you know, because, you know, the other, the other alternative is not a good one, is it? It's bad news. But in the reality, that's what happens, you see? The, the second slide. Oh, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to believe in Jesus. You've got to confess. You've got to live a certain way. And people have problems with that. The gospel message is a bold message. My time's nearly up. Because, why is it a bold message? Because it, it confronts people. It confronts them with their sin, with their rebellion, with their pride. That, people don't like that. The message of the gospel offends. It does. You have to tell people they're sinners. You have to, you, 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 you challenge their self-righteous opinion of themselves and they get offended. It's also a divine, uh, it divides, sorry, yeah, it divides because in the end God sees us as two groups of people, those who believe and those who don't, those who are forgiven and those who are not forgiven. That's not four groups, okay? That's you know, it's the same group, different, different terminology. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Saviour and those who have chosen not to. It's a powerful message, as we've heard, because it restores. It restores people to the right relationship With God. The original plan that God had for mankind starts, the restoration process starts with accepting Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord. And it offers forgiveness. This is very important. It offers forgiveness for any sin. Any sin at all. Doesn't matter what it is. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, out, out in the front of the church on the sign, we had a sign. If Adolf Hitler Believe Jesus is in heaven. You know, the people that produced those signs, you know, they, they wrote to us and said, you know, we, we caught, it caused a lot of offence to people. But you know what? I don't know whether that happened or not. But it's true. There's no sin that God cannot forgive. None whatsoever. As much as we, you know, would resist that. We can't forgive sometimes. We certainly cannot forget that God does both. Well, he doesn't forget. He actually does something more active than that. He remembers your sin no more. I love that. I'm glad he doesn't remember my sins. I really am. Only God can do that. The forgiveness of all sin. And that's what it said in verse uh, verse 43 that we read together, didn't it? It said um, that, that, that God will forgive the sins of mankind. So, what's going to happen 
if we reject the good news. I love that. I put that little slide up there because the greatest way you can show love to any other person is by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. You saw that little clip and thank you, Evan, for putting it together. That was a great clip. We all love to hear good news. Yes? Whatever it might be. This is good news, brothers and sisters. The good news of the gospel. It's, it's, it's the best. But what's, what, what happens if we don't respond to that? God does not condemn you. He doesn't. You see, you're already condemned. You're already in this sinful condition now. But God provides for you a way out. So he doesn't condemn you, but you remain condemned. You just stay the way you are. You're alienated from God. God doesn't say, oh, I don't want you because you haven't accepted my message. You're already in that condition. If we had kept reading in Romans, we would have read that. We're enemies of God now. Unless we take hold of that good news and act on it. This is what we want to tell people, brothers and sisters. We need to tell them. How are they going to hear and understand unless we share this with people? And the last one, and we read that together, didn't we? Last week and this week as well in in, uh, the scriptures. You remain unreconciled. I've shared this with you in the past. What does reconciliation mean? It means making or becoming friends again not just being friends again that's what it means you see God and man were friends at one time something happened man chose to disobey God no longer friends and God's heart is that he be reconciled with mankind again become friends again That's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is fantastic news. Not just good news, it's fantastic news. And we need to share it. Thank you.